Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture podcast episode. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I am just a lover of Jesus Christ. And so I thank you for joining us today. I'm excited because we are starting a new series today called Things Jesus Never Said. Uh, we see it all the time, things posted on social media, things out in uh, uh, any form of media, on t-shirts and mugs and stuff and, and quotes and things that sometimes that we just assume that Jesus said those in reality, uh, we find out a lot of times that that is not exactly how it's it's uh, shared in scripture through Jesus Christ. So if you are joining us today, uh, I hope you are excited as I am uh, to start this and listen to what scripture actually teaches about things that Jesus never said. And so what I want to do over the next uh, few weeks is look at some of the words that are red in your Bible, the color red in your Bible. If they're red, that means that Jesus said them. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that that is true because there's a lot of Bibles out there that don't have um, the words that Jesus said in red uh, in that Bible. And so I encourage you to go get one to truly see uh, what Jesus actually said, and, and uh, it is in red in that way. And so if they're red, like I said, then that means Jesus said them. And so to truly understand the power of the truth of what Jesus said, sometimes it helps me look at what he didn't say and what he could have said and what I might have said. But what he didn't say, it helps us understand the power of what he did say. And so today I want to look at what Jesus didn't say about the topic of forgiveness. I'll introduce it this way. I'll ask you a question. How many of you, if you know somebody who's really annoying on Facebook or any other social media platform? How many of you? Okay. Let me tell you what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they post. Okay, He did not say that to you, uh, social media annoying people. All right, uh, He didn't say, uh, fool me once and I'll forgive you. Fool me twice and I'll give you hemorrhoids. Okay, He doesn't say that, obviously. Um, I might have said that, you know, just being stupid and being given a dad joke or something, but, but he didn't say that. Uh, Jesus never ever said, sorry, you've sinned too much for me to forgive you. I can forgive everybody else, but you really get on my nerves, so you're out of luck, okay? Jesus, of course, never said that. Um, I would love to know how many of you, I wish I could see your hands and, and your praises of how many of you thank God for the grace of your good God and the forgiveness that we receive throughly and through, thoroughly through, um, through his son, Jesus. I, I would just love to see how many people would agree to that. And so as we walk today and talk today about what Jesus did about forgiveness and what he said about forgiveness, we're going to look in Matthew's gospel, and we're going to dive into a portion of sermon that Jesus gave. It's, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. And in this chapter, part of the sermon, Jesus was actually teaching the disciples is how to pray. 
And some of you might not be people of faith. Maybe you've never gone to a church or um, you you maybe have never listened to this podcast before and this is the first time and, and so you don't really know how to pray. Well, Jesus was very, very specific and he was teaching them and us how to pray. And at the end of his teaching on prayer, he kind of gave a PS, you know, a postscript, a couple of sentences about the topic of forgiveness in the in the prayer. And that's what we're going to focus on today and answer the question, how do you pray? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 9 through 15. He says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Now I want to look at and read those last two verses again to you uh, because I want to let it settle in for just a moment, okay? Listen to what it says. If you forgive those who sin against you, Your heavenly father will forgive you, but if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. That's what Jesus said. I I can't, what else can you say? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. It's pretty sobering words, but those are written in red. And that means Jesus directly said them uh, through scripture. And so it's, it's, it's something we need to take heed of, right? Well, many years ago, I taught the youth um, of of this church uh, on this text. When I was when I was doing this, so it dawned on me that I had someone that I was holding a grudge against, and I was carrying unforgiveness against. Uh, back when my wife and I got married, I had a longtime friend that I ran into and who needed a place to stay, and he was out of work, had no money, just down on his luck, and so we invited him to stay with us for a short time. And things were doing well until about two weeks later, I came home from work and my back door to the apartment was open and my friend was gone. And and so was some of my stuff, if you know what I mean. He had stolen from us. And, and so we called the police and made a report and, you know, and all this was going on. I was just so mad. Here I am helping a friend out, doing the right thing and trying to be a good person and, and I just, and he just burned me, you know, and I was so mad. And, and at that point, I just wanted to run into him at any point. I just wanted to run into him so bad. And if I did, I was going to make him pay if, if you know what I mean, you know, and I, but I never did find him. I heard many places where he was, but I never did run into him. But here I am preaching about forgiving others. And at that moment, I was carrying a grudge and holding the burden of unforgiveness against someone else. And some of you are going to have a similar unsettling moment with God, maybe even now, you know, wherever you're listening to this from, you know, Uh, maybe you just, uh, you're driving along in your car and you're, you listen to this podcast or, or maybe, um, you, you got it on your iPhone and you're, and you're doing some exercises and all of a sudden, uh, you're listening to this podcast and you hear this, right? And you feel like all is good and, and suddenly you recognize the very sobering words of Jesus might have direct application in your life because you too have a grudge, unforgiveness. You're carrying a grievous against someone who wronged you, hurt you, disappointed you, let you down or betrayed you. Anytime I've talked about the subject of, of forgiving others, it, it creates a lot of emotion and rightly so. Uh, inevitably I talk to somebody and they'll get riled up and they'll say, but, but Dan, you, you don't know what somebody did to me. 
You know, I just I just talked to somebody uh, just a while back that is devastated because her husband had cheated on her, and she's ringing with pain, just riled with pain, and and telling and try and telling her to to forgive at this point might almost seem cruel, if you know what I mean, and because of the emotion that she is just going through. Maybe you've experienced something similar. A best friend lied to you or maybe lied about you. Maybe someone that you loved or admired, maybe even a Christian figure or a hero to you let you down and and wasn't who they said they were. They pretended they were somebody else. And maybe there's someone who didn't pay you what they owed you and left you in a very bad place. Maybe someone broke a promise to you. Maybe someone took advantage of you and used you for for their benefit, you know. Maybe, and unfortunately for many of you, there was someone who should have loved you and should have protected you, but instead of protecting you, they hurt you. Tragically, there are many of you who have suffered very real abuse, verbal or emotion, emotional, or uh, maybe some physical, maybe some sexual abuse, and, and here you are, maybe years, perhaps even decades later, and, and you still feel that pain and you still carry the scars. So if you say for a moment, that's just not fair, you, you don't know what someone did to me, I, I just want to just give it, take a moment, and I just want to uh, and acknowledge that there are so many wrongs in this world. And, and let me acknowledge it. Maybe it may have been grossly unfair or even brutal, okay? But, and it may have been reprehensible what somebody did to you. And so I acknowledge, I want to acknowledge that pain. I get it. I know you're going through some pain. And sometimes I found that there's even another level of pain. In other words, there's a lot of people that have hurt me personally, and I don't know about you, but what tends to get me even more is when someone hurts or abuses someone that I love. There's almost even a deeper emotion that sometimes comes from that. And so how do you forgive something that seems so unforgivable? How do you forgive something so brutally wrong from someone you trusted, maybe even respected, how do you live out what Jesus taught us to do? Well, there's a clue in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in, Ma- in verse 9 of Matthew 6, what we just read. Jesus said this. He said, this is how you should pray. He said, our Father. It's really interesting to me that Jesus was teaching people to pray, and he didn't tell them to pray, my Father, but he taught them to pray, our Father. Our Father. In other words, God is not just my heavenly father, but he's your heavenly father. We share him in common, and he is our heavenly father. And because he is our father, we are also his children. And our relationship with our siblings under God truly matters to God. When we pray, we're praying to our father, and our relationships with God, uh, God's other children, really matters to the heart of God. Maybe that's one reason why Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. He said, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. What was Jesus saying essentially? He's saying, he's saying, if you're going to worship your heavenly dad, don't bring him an offering when you're fighting with his kids. Go get that straight first because that's how much it matters to our heavenly father. He's saying, go and make it right with our siblings, okay? The other ones of God's children. Then come back and worship God. Think about this. Who does unforgiveness hurt? If God is our heavenly father, then it actually hurts his heart when his children are not treating each other with love and honor and respect. 
Who else does it hurt when there's unforgiveness? It hurts the person who's not forgiving. It poisons their soul. You find yourself just seething in anger at somebody, and guess what? They don't even know you're thinking about them, and it's going, going on. If we live with bitterness, resentment, and hatred, then we continue to let the wounds stay infected and poison our soul. Someone said this, that you may be living in a prison of offense, you know, where someone's hurt you maybe weeks ago, months ago, years ago, decades ago, and you're living in this prison of offense. Uh, here's what this person said. Forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of offense. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of offense. It sets you free. There are a lot of you who are living in a prison of offense. You're, you're in the prison, and forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door. And you may say, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not close to being there. So what do I do if I'm overwhelmed with hurt, anger, or bitterness? Well, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was giving his Sermon on the Mount, and he, he said a couple of things. The first thing he said is in verse 43, he said, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. In other words, Jesus was speaking into a culture that believed in justice, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Someone wrongs you, you wrong them back. That was the direct culture Jesus was speaking into. But he goes on in verse 44, he says, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. So what do you do when you're angry? when you're hurt, when, you, when you're bitter. You can start by praying for the person who offended you. You can start by praying for the one who, who let you down. You can start by praying for the one who abused you. And you may say, I don't feel like praying. And I understand. I get it. I do. But at some point, we have to recognize and say, let's pray for the one who hurt us. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who curse us. Here's what I found out about praying for those who hurt you. Okay, If you want to write this down, that'd be great. Otherwise, just remember this. Your prayer for those who hurt you may or may not change them, but it always changes you. Let me say it again. Your prayer for those who hurt you may or may not change them, but it always changes you. So what do you do? You've heard it said, hate your enemies. But Jesus says, I'll tell you, pray for those who persecute you. What is prayer? Prayer is a God-honoring place to start. Then as God works on your heart, there will be a time. And it may be a process. And it may not happen immediately. Or it may happen immediately. You never know. God's timing is awesome. But at some point, you recognize, as I have been forgiven, and with God's help, I choose to forgive. What I love about the word forgive Okay, forgive. I, I, if you can find a way to jot that word down, just write it off the side. In the Greek language, the word literally means, okay, to hurl it away, to cast it out of your life. Okay, forgive means to hurl it away and to cast it out of your life. It doesn't mean to sweep it under a rug. It's not pretending like it didn't happen. It's not explaining it away, but it's hurling this poison as far away from you as you possibly can move it out of your life. It's to hurl it away. It's to rid it from yourself. It's to let it go. How do you do this? Well, guess what? Scripture teaches us in Colossians 3.13. Listen to what it says. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. How do you do it? How do you do it when you're so hurt? How do you do it when you've been betrayed? How do you do it when you feel like every bit of trust has been ripped out of your heart? Well, Paul says, you forgive as the Lord forgave you. How do you do it? 
in the same way our good God has given us what we don't deserve and can never, ever earn. That's the same way we forgive those who hurt us. I love what Pastor Andy Stanley says. He, he says, in the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Think about that. Forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. We, we give it as we have received it. How many relationships could be healed if fathers and sons would just embrace one another and say, I forgive you? What if mothers and daughters would just hurl it away and let the words be in the past, let the letdowns be gone and embrace and forgive in the same way that Jesus has forgiven us? What if somehow, in the same way that we've, we've been forgiven, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we could find that some grace, the same grace to forgive someone else? How many people could be set free? How many people could be set free? You see, Jesus wasn't overbearing, mean, harsh, or lacking empathy. He wasn't weak when he loved us towards forgiveness. He was doing it to help us heal, to help us be free. I like what a pastor friend of mine says about forgiveness. He says this, holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Let me tell you what Jesus did not say. Jesus didn't say, I'll forgive you, but you don't have to forgive other people. He didn't say, you can treat people however you want and we're okay. This is what he said. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Direct from Jesus' mouth. Forgiveness empowers you to set the prisoner free. And guess who that prisoner is? It's you and it's me. So today, let's pray for miracles that go beyond our human ability to understand. I acknowledge right now that I'm speaking into, in many cases, immense and unbearable pain, unjustified abuse, horrible abuse. But let's ask God for the grace that he has given us to overwhelm and help overcome all the injustices that we experience on this earth. Let's pray for miraculous healing and restoration in relationships that seem unrepairable, that God would do what only he can do. I appreciate you joining us today, and I, I, I really enjoy our talks each and every week, and I hope that we're doing some good in your lives. And I look forward to next week as we continue our series on things that Jesus never said. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church, or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.